I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Diablo Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite Diablos. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my Diablo librarian with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? This Diablo is a game? I've heard that it is a game, indeed. Okay, okay. Uh, if you can't tell from that we are going to be talking about diablo today part of this is uh brought on by the fact that you've been sending in a lot of questions regarding uh diablo as of late which i'm sure matt thanks you for uh as do i i think that it is a great topic that we should explore more often and i'm certain that most folks would agree and i'm looking poignantly in matt's direction um we're going to sort of do a recap, though, to start things off. But before we start with that, if you have questions or topics for this show or any of our other podcasts, be sure to send those in at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Specify the show that it's for because we have like 8 million podcasts here. Uh, and then if you don't want to send them in via email, you can hit us up on Discord channel. Uh, we have one set aside for our Patreon supporters as a way of saying thank you. Uh, you help us keep the lights on, and we appreciate that. So we give you first dibs on uh, when we do topics or questions. You can go ahead and toss those into the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel. Again, specify what show it's for. Uh, and if you can't support us on Patreon monetarily, we understand your support as a listener means a lot to us as well. And you can send your questions in to the Q and Podcast Questions channel, which is open to everyone. Again, just specify what show it's for. Also, if you have a pronunciation for your name or how you want your question or topic or have us refer to you, uh, any specific things, make sure you put as phonetic of a spelling with it as you can so that we're not always butchering your name. Uh, and again, I will probably open the show with an apology to Razor Bug, uh, who I routinely call Razor Berg because for whatever reason that is just burned into my head. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to go on to some Diablo stuff. And, uh, well, let's start at the beginning, shall we, Matt? Diablo 1. The year was okay. 99. So uh, there's a chronological way to do this, uh, but that actually jumps like between games in a way that would be kind of confusing for you all. So instead, I'm just going to list the events of the games. And if there's a cosmological thing that needs to be explained or whatever, we'll explain it as we get to that part, to that game, if that's okay. Uh, and if it's not okay, sorry, you're not actually here to stop me. Um, so we're talking about Diablo 1. Uh, the basics of Diablo 1 are you're playing a somebody returning to the town of Tristram. Uh, and there are three playable classes. There's the fighter, the uh, sorcerer, and the rogue. Of, of those three, two of them are in the new game. But when you, when you get back to Tristram, it ain't looking good. 
the places, you know, everyone's doors are shuttered. The place is like practically deserted. Uh, there's like weird stuff in the streets. You find a guy named Deckard Kane, who's lived in the town for years. He reveals to you that, uh, A, he's a member of a secret order uh, called the Haradrim. And uh, B, bad stuff's going on in town. And furthermore, up at the cathedral, the Tristram Cathedral, even worse stuff. And he gives you a rundown of the basics. The king started apparently to go crazy. Uh, nobody knew what was going Leoric. on with that. Yeah, King Leoric uh, started going crazy. Nobody knew what was up with that. Archbishop Lazarus kind of seemed to be taking control. Uh, then Lakdanen, who you knew of, he was the captain of the guard, came back from the war and decided that the king was completely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But part of the reason that he was supposedly insane was that he was blaming the villagers for the disappearance of his son, Albrecht, uh, his younger son. And Albrecht had no one knew what had happened to him. He had just vanished. People, some people blamed Archbishop Lazarus. Other people, uh, including the king, blamed the people of Tristram, who he believed were trying to suborn treason against him by using his son as a leveraging tool. So he began just killing people, saying, you know, I'm going to keep killing people until you give me my son back. Since they didn't have his son, they were pretty much despairing. But when, when Lakdanen came home, he thought, okay, I'll handle this. And he went up there and he killed the king. Uh, keep in mind that he did this because he's, as he himself said, no man had more love for his king than I. Uh, he says that in, in multiple games, but he, he felt that his king was simply, you know, couldn't, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't rule anymore. And there was no other way to stop him. So like I killed him. Uh, unfortunately that didn't take uh, not too long after death out uh, you know, King Leoric returned as a horrible skeletal figure called the skeleton king. And just started, you know, he he grabbed like Donan and did horrible things to him and killed all the other members of the Royal Guard who'd been there when he was killed. And now Tristan was like, you know, dwelling in darkness. So it was up to you to go into Tristram Cathedral and fight your way through, I think, close to 20 levels of Ick. And finally, you find out as you're going down there that, that Archbishop Lazarus was, in fact, behind a lot of this because he was a direct servant of Diablo, uh, the Lord of Terror, who was somehow for some reason trapped in the cathedral. And so they were going to, they were going to have him take over the King, but the King proved he went crazy. He just snapped at the idea of, of when they tried to like have Diablo's essence enter into him, he broke mentally and he wasn't suitable anymore. So they were still using him now that he was the skeleton King. They were still using him as like a stalking horse, but they really ultimately wanted to put Diablo in the body of Albrecht armed with this knowledge. Uh, your you go downstairs uh, you fight your way through, you kill Lazarus, you find Diablo and you kill him. Unfortunately, they already put him in Alberic's body. And so as he dies, he turns back into Prince Alberic. Uh, this leaves you alone with the broken gemstone that they've somehow got Diablo out of in the first place. And now it's, he's back in there. And you decide the best thing to do with this thing is to jam it in your head. Yeah, I'm still un unclear why, and I don't think it's ever been fully explained why, other than maybe it was the whispers of Diablo from the stone. Uh, I think the the whole experience of of fighting his way down, trying to desperately trying to get there, lore stuff later explains more about this, and I will. I guess I'm going to go into it here just so you guys get a grip on what's happening in the story as it's been told later in other games. Uh, the the struggle all the way through the cathedral. If you were playing the game as the fighter. And the games that come after have the assumption that three people went into the cathedral together. A rogue, a sorcerer, and a fighter. The fighter was actually Prince Aiden, the yeah. elder son of, of King Leoric and Alberic's older brother. Apparently, upon fighting his way through, seeing having to destroy his own father, finding out that his father had killed his mother, uh, and finally... Killing Lazarus, getting down there, thinking I'm going to save my brother from Diablo. He instead kills his own brother. Uh, all of this was a bit much for Aiden, who just was like, you know, this this is just nothing but unrelenting horrors. And so he decided I'm going to stick this thing right into my head. Perhaps, as Joe said, because Diablo was like, no, go ahead, put it in your head. It's a great idea. Really, it's just the best idea. You know it is. Uh, possibly because, you know, he broke from other reasons. Possibly because he really honestly believed it, because there is some precedence for try people trying to keep the soul stones of, of the, the Lords of Terror, of Lords of Hell, like in their own bodies. This has been done before. It didn't work for that guy either. 
Uh, but we'll get back to that. That's that's Diablo 1. In Diablo 2, we run into all three of the characters who are supposedly the heroes of Diablo 1. And absolutely none of them is having a good time. There's Bloodraven, who is the rogue. If you, you know, if you played as a rogue, Bloodraven is the rogue from Diablo 2. I can never remember the sorcerer's name, but he also appears in Diablo 2. He's another like mini boss that you fight on your way through. Uh, and well, we should you should maybe talk about the Dark Wanderer first, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going we're going there. I just wanted to make sure that the, people knew that, that those characters also carried over into Diablo Two. Canonically, Diab- they existed. However, yeah, <laughs> Diablo Two starts with a with a rocking cinematic. Quite frankly, uh, if you get Diablo Two uh, resurrected, you should get it just to watch the cinematics. Yeah, because because they're great. It's phenomenal. So basically, what happens is there's a old way station type in on the road out of Conduras. Uh, it's heading towards the, the coast so you can ship out to the, to the other side of the ocean. And it's got like opium addicts and all sorts of crazy stuff in there because it is, you know, it's literally a crossroads for like all the people who are traveling, trying to get away from someplace. Uh, as one of the, pe- the people, a guy named Marius, is indulging in his vice, which is apparently opium. It certainly looks like opium. Uh, he starts seeing things. And of course, you know, that's not surprising to him. At first, he sees a guy walk in who is like twitching and palsied and, and wearing a full cloak. And he, but he's carrying a big sword. Like this is a serious we- weapon of war. This is not a toy. W- what is this? what's up with this guy? He sits down and he has the sword in front of him, and his hand starts to shake and shake. And he's, you can tell he's trying to keep his hand from shaking. And then all of a sudden, demons start crawling out of the fireplace, and candles start exploding, and the room's on fire, and there's monsters everywhere, and everybody's screaming and dying, except for two people. Marius and the guy who just walked in with the sword. After this all goes down, the guy with the sword seems to feel a lot better. He gets up. He's much more stable now. Uh, he kind of gestures and Marius, for no reason he can explain, gets up and follows him out. That's the opening. Uh, you play as one of multiple classes. The classes of Diablo 2 are, I believe, Barbarian, Paladin, Amazon. Necromancer, Amazon, and... I think sorceress druid and assassin, unless you want, if you really want. they come later, they, do. they come later. Uh, they're in the expansion, uh, druid and assassin are in the expansion, but those are the, the playable, ca- the playable classes of Diablo two. Basically without trying to explain the entire game in one go, your, your character for whatever reason you want. Like, I mean, there's multiple reasons why they might be doing it is following in the track of the dark wanderer who is Prince Aiden from the first game. Uh, he, he is losing control of the thing in his head that is, you know, the Diablo prison that he jammed into his own forehead because he couldn't just put it in his backpack like I would have and didn't lo- properly lost it and then everything would have been fine. Uh, no, so he as he goes along, as he's traveling to the sea, um, chaos, madness, and horror are in his wake. And one of the biggest places of chaos, madness, and horror in his wake is the Monastery of the Rogues, uh, which is the place that the rogue from the uh, Diablo comes yeah, from. Yeah, this is the uh, the Order of the Sisters of the Sightless Eye. Yes, way. that is correct. Uh, so you go to the Rogue Monastery, and the sisters, the sisters of the Sightless Eye are there. They're actually in an encampment outside of the place because they've been driven out by Bloodraven, who was the uh, rogue from D1. Bloodraven is like, you know, saying, you know, blah, blah, I'm crazy now. Ooh, demons are great. So they, they, you have to go in. You have to eventually, you have to like do a bunch of stuff around outside with the undead and so forth to prove you're tough enough. Then you go in and you fight Blood Raven. And for the time that you fight are incredibly hard fight. But basically, this basically gives you the idea. Uh, I got to get on the track of this person because like everything is falling apart behind them. And as you go through, you eventually go to a tomb that's just on the other side. I think I believe it's in the desert, right? Yeah, uh, Talrasha's tomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talrasha's tomb is in the desert. You go to Talrasha's tomb, and that's where you find out about the first guy to decide. Hey, uh, let's try putting a thing in our head in, in a body instead. If we don't have a good rock to hold in it, and where this comes from is the organization of the Haradrim that you heard about from Deckard Kane in the first game. Uh, in this game, you meet the guy who founded it, who is an angel named Tyrael, the Archangel of Justice. And Tyrael basically gives you the, the Cliff's Notes version that, you know, heaven and hell both exist. They're both fighting a war throughout the cosmos. Um, and a, a long time ago, they swore that they wouldn't come to Sanctuary or interfere with the place. They would leave it alone. Um, the demons got around this basically by kind of faking a, a, 
it's kind of like, it's sort of hard to justify for sure whether or not it was faked or not. Did they take advantage of it or what? We don't know. But there was a war in hell between the four lesser evils, um, Andariel, Duriel, Asmodan, and Belial, and the three greater evils, um, Diablo, uh, Mephisto, and Baal. And Diablo, Mephisto, and Baal actually lost, apparently. There's some debate on this. That, that is but, how it was presented at the time. Yeah. And then they were banished to Sanctuary by, by the lesser four because they wanted to take over hell. Um, later, and Dariel and Duriel would come to realize, wait, we've been played. That was way too easy. Sun's going on. Let's just let's extricate ourselves from this. And so we're not on the side of the people who rebelled against them when they come back. So they went to basically went to Sanctuary and offered their services uh, to the greater evils. But whilst they were wandering around Sanctuary, like only Tyriel of all the angels was, was willing to do anything because the other angels like, look, we swore a pact. We wouldn't interfere. He's like, but they're interfering. He goes, yeah, but that's not, uh, we're not interfering. You know, we're keeping the pact. What they, they're demons. Whatever they do is what they do. Well, also and because at like, this point, the, the angels don't care what happens to humanity. They never did. And we'll come yeah. up with, on why that is later. It's a, it's a big part of the upcoming games. But it, it, Tyriel decides, no, it's not just you know, to do this. It's, you know, part of being just is doing the just thing. So I have to do the just thing. So he defies the, the edict because it's not just to obey a, an edict or a stricture that is, you know, not useful. Um, he, he defies the edict, goes to, to sanctuary and finds people with the, the ability to wield magic, uh, which humans all had uh, from the first, and we'll get into why later, but he finds people with the ability. He recruits them into the Haradrim, and he, with them, he hunts down. Although he can't be there personally for any of it, if he's if he's seen, then that b- completely breaks the pact, and then the demons can just come to sanctuary, and then the whole thing's over. Um, so he can't be seen. He can't be there when they're doing it. But he sends the Haradrim off to capture the three uh, lords, the lords of hell. The first one, uh, Mephisto. They trap in a town, they trap in a, a soul stone. These are items that Tyrael has given them to trap demon lords with. And they basically bury him under Travancal, which at the time was not much of anything. Uh, it was just a little town that had a new religion just sort of starting up there. But the current head of the order um, had friendly relationships with them and thought, yeah, they'd be good to watch this. They're, 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 they're really noble and they're all about the light. And it, I can't see how anything could possibly corrupt them. And so Talrasha, the head of the order, entrusted the first of the soul stones, the one with Mephisto's spirit in it, to them. Uh, their name would eventually become known as the Zakarum, and the faith of, it was the faith of a, a prophet named Akarat who started it. And yeah, that's the first one down. But unfortunately, when they got around to the second one, possibly due to Zoltan Kuhl's uh, interference, possibly just due to the fact that they were trying to trap Baal, the Lord of Destruction, well, Baal destroyed the Soul Stone, like you might expect him to. What with that name and all? Uh, so in order to trap Baal, they didn't have a working Soul Stone anymore, so they took the fragments of the Soul Stone, embedded them in Talrasha's body, and trapped him in Talrasha. And this was Talrasha's idea, by the way. He didn't. They didn't just all jump Talrasha and make him do this. He was like, no, no, stick him in me. Uh, and I believe at the time, um, Zoltakul was like, look, couldn't we just try to kill him? We could just try to kill him. He'll just go back to hell. Then he's not our problem anymore. And Tarash is like, no, we have to trap him. We here. must contain him. There was a, that was a theme, right? Like, so the theme here was the prime evils needed to be contained in our realm for some reason instead of sent back to hell. Well, because as I pointed out, if you just kill him, they'll go back to hell. But if you trap them somewhere, then they'll be gone as long as you have them trapped. Or, you know, so you think. Well, as long as you have them trapped, they'll be gone. I, I am. That's a complete sentence. It's correct if it's exactly followed. <laughs> as long as you have them trapped, they'll be fine. It'll be fine. The problem is, of course, is that from the beginning, the the prime prime evils were working on ways to not be trapped anymore. Uh, Mephisto figured out a way by basically just leaking himself out around him, and we'll get back to that. Uh, but Ball ends up shoved inside Talrasha. And of course, Talrasha's soul fights with Baal for, for centuries, but eventually he loses because Baal is a demon lord and, and Talrasha is just a man without any knowledge of what he could be. So eventually Baal takes control of the body, but he's still trapped. He's like still bound inside the tomb because the tomb was built as a prison to hold him. 
And the fact that he now has the body does not help him. He's like, I'm still stuck in here. The third one that they went and caught was Diablo. Diablo was the last one they caught because the Lord of Terror is probably the sneakiest of them. Like he likes to sneak up on people and scare them. Essentially, that is his thing. He likes to relish their terror. He likes. To, he, he's very Who knows clever. What terror tiny. lurks in the hearts of the Nephilim. Apparently, yeah. Diablo. So they finally do catch Diablo, and since they've already made a deal with the Zacharum before, they basically make another one and establish a Zacharum monastery out in the middle of freaking nowhere. But it's really more of a Haradrim monastery. The Zacharum it just kind of lend their name to it. Mm-hmm. It's actually a, a Haradrim base, and they keep the Soul Stone all the way down in the basement, like like twenty floors. Like it's got these massive number of of sub of sub levels, and they they leave the Soul Stone all the way down there, and they ward it, and they're like nobody must ever see this thing. He must not be allowed to come into contact with anybody, and that worked great. Like that that was perfect. It worked great until going back to the first Soul Stone that ever got caught, like Mephisto. They left that thing just underneath Travancal. Mm-hmm. They didn't bury it 20 levels down. They left it just under the place. And as a result, over the, the years, he was able to leak forth his influence. Uh, to uh, Kaleem, right? Yeah, eventually to all of them, but to, to especially to the uh, the Quell... Oh, God, I can't remember. The Quell Hagen. No, there's no L. K-Hagen. K-Hagen, yeah, the K-Hagen. The K-Hagen was essentially the Pope of Zakarum. He was the Grand High Poobah. They started corrupt, getting corrupted, and eventually the last one before the modern era uh, died and was replaced by Mephisto in his body, mm-hmm. pretending to be a different Quehaga. So that happened, and when that happened, he basically just corrupted practically every member of the Zakarum higher higher ups, like everybody, like. Bishop and higher was now a direct servant of Mephisto. The lower levels, like there are a lot of priests who, who actually still believed it. There are a ton of people who were completely sincere in their faith. But if you were like up at that level or a direct servant of those people, you probably worked for Mephisto. Uh, Lazarus, who was an archbishop, remember, was one of those people. And Mephisto sent him back to where he knew that the soul stone had been put not because mephisto knew this but because the quahagan were privy to that knowledge so he sent lazarus to go find it and wake it up as part of an expedition like with a nobleman that was going to become king of that area they didn't have a king they didn't even have a nation there it was like just it was like barren farmland that the nearby nation of westmarch hadn't bothered with like why should we conquer that it's not there's no use to it uh, plus they had other things they wanted to do so that all happened. Cut back now to we get into the tomb of Talrasha. Unfortunately, thanks to Marius, Talrasha escapes. Um, but now Marius at least is understanding of what's actually going on, and he's going to help you guys as you try and stop the the three lords of hell who are now all free. Um, thus, lots of killing. Eventually, you do catch up to um, you catch up to Mephisto. I believe you catch up to him in Travancall. Yes, as the Quahagan. As the Quahagan. Um, yep. Yeah, you fight him there. You you kill him, but un- that does kind of mean that the the equivalent of the Pope has been killed in the form of a giant demon in the heart of the Zakarum faith, supported the, by multiple other servants of the hell. Yeah, like the, it's, it's, the other thing to keep in mind. Deal. The other thing to keep in mind throughout all of this is that the the powers as they're in these bodies can sort of warp the perception of their appearance too which is sort of like a key element to the story, especially when dealing with Marius and, and everything else that happens with him. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. like the reason that Marius you find out is pulled along is because they need a human to do a bunch of the stuff. Cause Diablo can't go and, you know, break ball out of his yeah. prison. It's Marius directly, can. The places are warded against demons, but a human can, That's, right. You can just walk right in. So like yeah, in act two, when, when Marius sees ball, he doesn't see the twisted form of Tal Rasha. He doesn't see, uh, this this demon twisted form begging to be released. He, he sees a human in chains. He sees Tal Rasha like bound and chained and releases him. And it's the same thing with uh, in Karast. When you go and you you uh, face down uh, Ball, you basically, or I'm sorry, Mephisto. He can like anybody who's been manipulated to sort of worship and serve him is not going to see him as a demon. They're going to see him as the Kehagen. They're going to see him as the spiritual leader of their people, the governing body, the one that is uh, like essentially made through holy manifest, the leader of their people. 
and you just murdered them. That's bad yeah, times. But it gets out though. It's not like yes. people understand the Zacharum faith has been corrupted. Oh yeah. Um, and you then have to go to Pandemonium, and there's a whole deal where you find you take the Soul Stone of Mephisto, you go forth, you find the Diablo, you kill Diablo, you get his Soul Stone, you take them to the Pandemonium Forge, and you smash the Soul Stones. This leaves one Soul Stone still out there, the Soul Stone of Baal. Mm-hmm. Marius, of course, has just this has been too much for him. He's basically been con- con- um. A- I, I can't come up with a word. Confined to a mental asylum, essentially. Yeah, but that's not the the right word. Uh, well, I'll come, it'll come to me in half an hour. Um, while he's committed to the committed. Yeah, committed, once he's committed to the the the, the insane asylum, uh, he's sitting there basically just going like, "My life, what has happened? All this stuff I've seen, all the monsters and, and evil." And then you know, Tyrael shows up. He's like, "Tyrael, please, you have to forgive me. I didn't know." And he's like, you know, tell me what, you know, what, what happened? What did you do with Ball of Soulstone? And he's like, I, I, I kept it here. Here it is. And it's not till he hands it off to Tyrael that he finds out that's not Tyrael. The guy even says, I'm not Tyrael. And he looks and he actually remember sees that whole thing Ball. about Remember that whole thing about changing the perception of what people see? Yeah. So he's like, oh, no, what have I done? And Ball's like, oh, you've just handed me what I wanted. And then you go to the expansion, uh, Lord of Destruction, and it's all about Ball trying to get to the World Stone. And this is where we find out that Sanctuary isn't what we think it is. And this one's a this is a doozy. So, uh, okay, so as he's marching up, we, we, we find ourselves on the path to Mount Ariat, which is the sacred homeland of the Barbarians. And people have been trying to get up to Mount Ariat for a long, long time, but they haven't been able to because the barbarians have been fighting them. However, Baal is the Lord of Hell, and he has with him pretty much every freaking demon he could call, which was a lot of them. As a result of all this, the the barbarians fight very hard, and they put they put up a better fight than anybody else could have in their situation, but they're losing. Baal is making his way through. We get to a certain point and as we're fighting our way up, we're like, why Why are the barbarians fighting to protect this mountain in the middle of nowhere? Why is this important? And Tyrael's like, ah, you see, this this world of yours, Sanctuary, it, it was created by one of my people and one of the demons. And he unravels, and keep in mind, this is a Cliff's Notes version. He doesn't sit down and break the whole thing out. But basically, two of them, there was an, an archangel named Nenarius and a demon named Lilith, who was the daughter of Mephisto, so daughter of hatred, they met and both realized that each of them would like thought that the eternal conflict was stupid. It's like, why are we fighting this? It's an eternal conflict. You can't win it. What's the point? Why are we here? Why, why do all of this? The entire eternal conflict had been fought in pandemonium for, you know, time immemorial over a P an object called the world stone. And, the world stone has an origin, which is going to come up in, in the future game. So we'll be talking about it there, but the world stone basically can let you create a world, but most of the time the world is created by it. Didn't last very long. Like they would be spun out of the essence of, of pandemonium. They'd be created and crafted. But as soon as the person who was, who had made them wasn't concentrating on them, it would evaporate they'd go away. They just yeah. pop like a soap bubble. So you, if you wanted to sit there and just continuously focus on this thing, the world would exist. But if you didn't, it wouldn't. However, uh, the, when an, an, Anarius and Lilith managed to sneak into Pandemonium Fortress with their followers and seize the World Stone, and they realized the only way to get the World Stone out of the Pandemonium Fortress without anybody seeing them to stop them is to make a world around it and essentially just displace it to that world. When they did that... For whatever reason, possibly because it was an angel and a demon working together, possibly because they were living inside of it, and thus they were constantly seeing and hearing everything, and thus they didn't have to concentrate on it. I don't know. It's never been stated. I mean, my personal theory is because angels and demons are born up from pieces that were originally the one creator, essentially. Yeah, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, For whatever reason, the Worldstone created a permanent world. And thus, once the angels and demons were ensconced in it, they got bored. Because, you know, they, they, okay, we're not fighting additional conflict. Now what? You know, I like that tail on you. Your golden wings are, are also intriguing. Next thing we know, angels and demons knocking boots. Lilith led the way. She gave uh, Inarius a son. She had a son with Inarius. Uh, at the time, the son was named Linarian. Uh, Lilith and Inarius put together Linarian. Um, and he was the first of what would eventually be called the, the Ancients or the Nephilim. 
and the Nephilim were surprisingly, even terrifyingly powerful. Uh, amongst the first ranks of the Nephilim were beings like Bolkathos, Fiakla Giar, Isu, and Lenarian, who would later be called Rathma. Each of them was, was, a, was a terrifyingly powerful being. Uh, so terrifying that the angels and demons were like, uh, these kids we made, they're like gonna draw the attention of the, the angels and demons and they're gonna bring the eternal conflict here. What do we do? And Inarius was like, well, uh, let me think about this. Uh, a bunch of them were like, why don't we just kill them? Lilith was like, you want to kill them? Oh, no, 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 no. These are my, this is my whole plan right here. These guys, this was my plan from the start. I'm not letting you kill them. So she killed them. She killed literally all the other angels and demons except herself and Anarius and said to Anarius, look, we don't have to just hide here. Now we keep going with these guys. We, like, they'll make more and they'll make more and they'll all be like this. They'll all have the power of both heaven and hell inside them. They'll be like gods and they can win the war, the conflict for us. They can end it. It'll, it'll, it'll be us and them. And their angels and demons won't matter anymore. And the war will be over because we'll be in charge of the cosmos. And Denarius was like, hmm, I have a counteroffer for you. Banishment. And he used the power of the world stone because Lilith made one. I'm not sure if this is a miscalculation or if something she did on purpose, but Lilith wasn't linked to the world stone anymore. But Denarius was. So he used the power of the world stone to banish her. Uh, that's her gone. They then used the power of the world stone to cripple all of the Nephilim. Like he, it, to the Nephilim themselves, it looked like some kind of weird ass plague was happening. Sorry, that's my one. Uh, as this went on, they, they went from titanic, powerful figures that could like, you know, cut mountains in half and, and speak to the dead and do whatever it was. Isu did involving magic to just humans, like things that got old and died and didn't throw fireballs or carve mountains in half, you know, you know, humans like, like you might be listening to this. I'm assuming um, if you're a dog who just really likes the podcast, you're a good boy. Um, but regardless, that's why he's trying to get up to the mountain because Inarius put the uh, world stone inside Mount Ariat and one of the ancients, Bolkathos, and another of the ancients named Fakla Giar, who, who were called brothers. We don't know if they were actually brothers or if they just thought of themselves as brothers. But regardless, they were like, we have to defend this thing. We have to keep anybody from getting it because... Anybody who gets their hands on this thing has the power like to, to completely destroy this world. And this is the world we were born in. We want to keep it here. Uh, so like, yeah, I, that makes sense. How should we do it? Fiacla Yar is like, I'm going to create a bunch of people who can really understand this world and are in touch with its nature. And they are going to protect it. And Bukathar's like, um, counteroffer, I'm going to make psychotics who murder everything. And they were like, okay, we could fight about this. But I'm going to take my nature understanders over this way. You go ahead and put the crazy people around the mountain and both of them. It'll be like a, it'll be a two prong thing. Like we'll have the, the nature understanders over here, understanding nature. And you have the crazy people who want to murder everything over there, crazily murdering things. And he was like, yeah, that sounds cool to me. Thus, we got the barbarians and the druids. The barbarians are the children of Bolkathos. The druids are the descendants of Fakla Giar. But regardless, when Baal came knocking, he came with an enormous demon army and he just showed up. Like there was no warning of this. Uh, so the barbarians were fighting, but they weren't quite getting there. Your characters, whatever you were playing in Diablo two, march your way through, you know, getting as many shortcuts as you can. You do catch up with Baal, but you're too late. He's already infected the world stone with his power as having done. So he's transformed it into a thing of darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, he's effectively destroyed it, but not, it's still there, but it's turning into something awful. When it does, it'll it'll affect everything on Sanctuary because it oh, everything on Sanctuary is born from it, and that includes all the humans. He's going to get all the humans in one fell swoop, and that's been their goal all along. That was the entire reason that the demons got themselves banished to Sanctuary, because imagine you know suddenly having like hundreds of millions of recruits. Like, just you can throw them into the eternal conflict. And if any of them get their Nephilim powers back, they're going to be practically unstoppable. So that was their goal. You destroy Baal, which is kind of ironic. Um, you, you kill him, and his spirit is put into the Soul Stone, and, and the Soul Stone is destroyed. But that still leaves the World Stone, like, turning slowly into this thing of evil. So Tyrael's like, get out of here. You know, you do what you got to do, but get away. And then he throws his sword, Eldrin the uh, sword of justice 
into the world stone and destroys it. And the explosion blows up Mount Ariat. And, and throws shards everywhere. Yeah, it blows shards everywhere. This is we're now moving into Diablo Immortal. Um, the story of Diablo Immortal is basically the aftermath of what happened on Mount Ariat. I think it's five years. Yeah, I, I believe it's it is five years, and then the time jump to the Diablo three is twenty five. I think it's five years from Diablo 2 to Diablo Immortal, and Diablo 3 is set 15 years after Diablo Yeah, 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 that's right. That's so right. it's 20 years total. 20 years between, total. Yeah, between 2 and 3. But the story of Diablo Immortal is basically about people running around uh, doing Deckard Cain's bidding as he and the Haradrim attempt to gather up all the shards of the World Stone, which are now known as like blood shards or demon shards or whatever, because each of these shards contains vast power and it's corrupted by ball. So it's never, it's almost never going to use that power for good. Like if you pick one of these things up and you're like, ah, this power I can do, I can finally build that orphanage. I've always wanted. You're going to forget to tell the the power not to kill all the orphans and use their blood as mortar in the orphanage. And that's what it's going to do. It's it's like, it's like a whole bunch of crystalline monkey paws flying around everywhere. So the Haradrim are like, we got to grab this stuff and get rid of it. Um, They do. They send you off. That's the story of Diablo Immortal. It's you fighting all these demons, trying to capture these shards, trying to like stabilize the world. And meanwhile, all sorts of weird stuff is going on, and it's not good. Diablo 3 comes about 15 years after that. Deckard Cain is now basically in semi-retirement. He's, he's wandering around with this little girl called Leah. Um, she's now, Actually, now at this point, she's like, She's like 15. She, I guess she's like 20 years old. She's, yeah, she's, fun- she's functionally, she's an adult yeah. at this point. Yeah, at this point. But for years, he's been running around with her, you know, as she grew up. He's been essentially, she calls him uncle. He's been essentially her foster father. And he's, uh, I don't know how to put this exactly. He's basically been this whole time trying to figure out like what's going on with like the various primevals and so forth. Like why, what are they doing? Why are they here? Basically, the game starts with Deckard Cain in the old Tristan Cathedral because, again, it used to be a Haradrim sanctuary. So he's going through the library, and uh, his his foster daughter Leah is like, you know, what's that up there? And this thing is coming down from the sky and smashes into the cathedral and blasts Deckard down with it, and then is just gone from sight. And there's this huge pit there. After that, the dead start waking up. Which is never good, but it, but you know at this point people in Tristram are like, oh oh, blah. Um, new Tristram, the town that got built after Tristram got turned into a, a you know horrible place by the last you know two games, is mm, okay. Here we are. What's going on? And then you know an adventurer shows up, and the adventurer like was either tipped off to or just saw the falling star and was like, I'm going to check that out. The adventurer comes in, starts sizing up the situation. Is absolutely not the barbarian from Diablo 2. Why did you ask? He's a different guy. I'm sure, he's totally an old different. barbarian. 100% different. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's like, okay, uh, from what I understand, your uncle is trapped in the cathedral and there's demon- there's monsters everywhere. And that sounds like something that we should probably deal with. So I'm going to go kill all those de- undead and you can come with me and we'll check up on your uncle. And everyone, everyone except Leah is like, that's insane. Nobody could ever do that. Leah's like, uh, whatever, I, you know, let's go. And you end up doing all that. You you fight your way to a cabin in the woods where the witch Adria, who appears in Diablo 1, by the way, Adria is this character from Diablo 1. You find the house of the witch Adria, who turns out to be uh, Leah's mother. And she's like, I want to read up on this stuff. I want to know what's going on. And you're like, yes, you do that. You stay here in this convenient cabin where I'm sure no more undead are going to come and read that book. I'm going to go up to that crazy cathedral full of death. And yeah. We're going to do that. That sounds like a plan, too. So that's the plan. Uh, you run up to the cathedral. You fight your way through literally five floors of monsters. You find Deckard Cain and the Skeleton King, who's back. Uh, the Falling Star awakened him. That's great. This, this sounds like a great thing to have happened. You, you fight off all the undead. You grab Deckard. You run out. He explains the situation. Several sub F, you know, quests follow. Eventually, you, you get the key and you head down into the deeper levels of Tristan Cathedral into the tomb of King Leoric, uh, the twice used at this point tomb of King Leoric. And you, you know, get up, wake him up. Uh, he's like, you know, says a bunch of stuff about, you know, being, you know, evil and he's going to kill everything. And then you kill him and head on in and you find the falling star, which is a dude. And you're like, huh? Why is the falling star this guy? And he's like, I don't remember anything. Help. 
And you're like, well, okay, maybe maybe Kane can figure it out. And you you walk out with him, and he and Kane start chatting. Kane's like, ah, yeah, there's something about you. Do you do you like got anything for me here? And he's like, I remember a sword, but it was falling from my hand. He's like a sword. Hmm. Let's let's go find those the sword. I'm I'm sure it broke into three pieces because you know the plot. Uh, and we'll go and we'll find that, and that'll that'll work everything out. You start doing all that. It turns out that there's an evil cult involved because of course there's an evil cult involved. It's 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 sanctuary. There's evil cults everywhere. Uh, it's led by by Magda, who has a real thing for for butterflies. She, or, are they butterfly wings or moth wings? Doesn't matter. Um, I'm way off topic. Uh, anyway. You start chasing around after the sword pieces. One of the pieces is just out in a, it's out in a, in a Khazra cave. So that one's pretty easy to find. The next piece, however, is in a old temple to the, to the ancient ones. And that one's, there's, there's no known way to get through there because the guardian of the, of the temple is, is a real stickler for not letting people in, but you fight your way to it and you get there. And he's like, Oh, well, if you want to go in, I guess I can let you, if you can go get these two orbs from the tombs nearby, where the ancient ones are buried and you bring those orbs back and sure. Yeah. All right. I'll just raise the temple with them. That that'll work. And you're like, well, thank you. Ghostly person. You're, you're actually much more helpful than I expected. You go forth and you do that. You bring the orbs back and you'll raise the temple. And he's like, Oh yeah. One thing, uh, since you did that, you're probably a Nephilim just, just as a heads up. And he's like, what's a Nephilim? He goes, well, basically it's, it's like human plus, uh, it's, it's, it's like what you were supposed to be, but, but you were, your birthright was stolen from you by Anarius. Uh, cause he, he was cranky about, I guess, I don't know. He didn't like you and stole your power and turned you all into humans. But you're, you're now that the world stone's gone, you're definitely turning up into a Nephilim. Like, like everybody else theoretically could. And you're like, ha, oh, it doesn't make any sense. I can't be a Nephilim. You go inside, you kick the leaving, the, the unliving crap out of a bunch of dead Nephilim. You're like, he's like, really? You're not a Nephilim. He was like, well, maybe who knows? Uh, you go in there, you get the second piece. Magda's like, you won't get the third piece. You're like, yeah, because so far it's been real hard. Whatever. Uh, you run back to the, you're like, I got two of the pieces. Uh, and you leave those with Kane while you go to get the third piece, which is not a good move on your part. But, you know, hey, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You and Leah go to, to find where the third piece is. Leah's like, I got to head back. Uncle Deckard, I mean, he might read a book with me not being there. I got I to gotta go. Like, whatever. Okay. But it turns out that Magda tricked you, and there is no third piece in this town that you've come to. It's just a bunch of demons trying to kill you. And while you're doing that cutscene, Deckard Kane turns the sword pieces at, at the behest of the demon who is torturing him uh, and the, the angel to death. Oh, that's a bit of a spoiler. The sword is an angel sword. Mm-hmm. It's from the high heavens. So that guy's an angel. And they're like, okay. Um, Leah freaks out does a big explosion move, shoots laser fire at people. And they're like, whoa, okay. I didn't know she could do that. And she grabs, since, since she can't get the sword because the sword's on the other side of Leia, who is like trying to fry her. Uh, she grabs the, the angel guy who doesn't remember who he is and takes him off to, to some horrible cult center to, to torture the information she wants out of him. You show up in time to watch Deckard die. Uh, it's very sad. Uh, pour one out for Deckard. He will no longer be asking you to stay a while and listen. But you still got to get vengeance. You got to get vengeance for Deckard, and you got to get that angel back before she does who knows what to him. Butterfly wings on an angel would look real stupid. So you run out, you you fight your way through all of the various properties of former King Leoric, which, surprise to no one, were all infested with evil. Um, that, that dude, when he broke, he broke hard. Um, after getting through a cave full of evil spiders, through multiple torture dungeons, through all of this stuff, fighting a giant demon, uh, you finally get to the angel who's being tortured by the cult. You kill all the cult members. The angel's like, I'm going to die now. And you're like, here, quick, sword. Touch the sword. The sword will help. Uh, I don't know why I know that, but here, take it. Touch it. And he touches the sword, and the sword, like, basically, like... Like when reunited, he bursts forth into the light and is like, I know who I am now. I'm the Archangel Tyriel from Diablo 2. You're like, oh, but you got blown up. And he's like, yes. And here's a flashback. And he gives you a flashback um, when Leah's like, you let Uncle T- Decker die or something. I can't remember. She was mad at him. Anyway, he gives her a flashback. And you find out that when he finally reconstituted himself, he went to heaven. And he was like, guys, we have to like saddle up. Like all the demons are doing this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's bad. And they're like, no, and we're going to punish you for getting involved. And Tyrell's like, so you're going to judge me, justice. You're going to judge justice. I, I want to be clear on this. And 
Imperius, who was the angel of, of kick and butt, decided, yeah, he, he gets into a brawl with Tyrael, but you can't beat justice when it's something like this. This is about justice. So Tyrael actually beats Anarius and takes his own spear away from him and then drops it and is like, look, if you, if you people won't work, if you won't work with me here, if you won't help, then I don't need you. And he rips his shoulder pieces off. Everyone's freaking out and he turns into a, a man. I, I'd say a human, but he's not a human exactly, but he's a mortal being now. He falls you know, from the heavens because mortal beings generally aren't there and ends up on sanctuary with his memory lost. And now we're caught up. We have to go get the, the last two Lords of hell before they can find something called the black soul stone. What's the black soul stone? Well, it turns out that all those times that the Haradrim were messing around with the soul stones, one of the Haradrim was studying them. And when they broke the uh, soul stone, they were going to trap Belial in and uh, Talrasha ended up getting sacrificed that one member of the Rodrum, uh, a guy named Zoltan Cool, was like, "This is this could do a lot more. This could trap multiple spirits. It could trap angels. There's no reason you couldn't do so much more with this." And so, against the Rodrum's wishes, he went out and made this Black Soul Stone. And so that's the goal that they they think oh, the demons want this Black Soul Stone for some reason. We only know this because of a dream that that Leah had, but whatever. They, so we head off to find it, and also to get the last two lords of hell, Belial and Asmodon. Belial is currently pretending to be the, the uh, emperor of... Oh, bloody heck, I can't remember the name of the country. It's even in Diablo 4. The one, the country Kurasin. Why can't I remember this? Oh. <laughs> because we need Kedistan, it right now. Kedistan, 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 Kedistan. There you go. We go to Kedistan. It's it's really kind of wrecked up after Diablo 2. Uh, some people are like, you know, still Zacharim loyalists. Some people are like, no, they were serving demons. Some people are like, no, some maniac just killed the, the Krahagen. But as a result, the, the Imperial city has moved from Karast, which was just a ruin at that point, to, um, I don't remember the name of the, of the town it moves to, but they moved to a different town. You, you go there, you meet up with the Emperor. He's very clearly Belial in disguise, but you play along uh, until you can find the Black Soul Stone. And then you go and you, you try to kill him because you knew full well he was, in fact, the Belial the whole time. Uh, it's actually kind of funny, just as an aside, but if you're playing the game, the, the way your character so obviously knows that this is Belial and doesn't even for a second believe him. A++. Uh, nice sub subversion of a trope. Uh, you get there, you kill Belial, you stick him in the Black Soul Stone, you, f you free Adria, by the way, you, f you find Adria and free her. And she's like, yes, Ilya, your father was Aiden, and tells you the whole story about how Aiden came to her troubled, and the two of them knocked boots, and then he went off to do whatever it was he was doing. Aiden, and after he'd been possessed by Diablo. Yes, but she doesn't mention that part. No, of course not. But regardless, uh, since Deckard is now dead, he's not there to go, oh, wait a minute, um, which would have come in handy, but you go forth up to the, the Mount Ariat crater, the, the, the ruin, the smoking volcanic ruins of what was once the barbarian homeland destroyed by Tyrael, trying to stop the soul stone from destroying the world. You go up there, you fight your way through literally every demon you ever thought was going to be anywhere. Uh, you get down, you finally get to the basement and kill Asmodon and stick him in the black soul stone. And you've done it. All of the prime and the greater and lesser evils, all seven of them are in that soul stone. We've done it. We've beaten the hells forever. It's over. The eternal conflict's over. Everything is good. Adria's saying we should come up to the roof for a party. We come up to the roof, and it turns out the party was that Adria's been working for Diablo the entire time. Uh, bum, she's bum, put, bum. She, yeah, she's helped Diablo possess Leia's body. The entire reason she had Leia in the first place with Diablo, not with Aiden, uh, was for this moment where Leia would become the new Diablo. Basically, so Diablo power. could have a new body. Yeah, and all the power of all the evils, greater and lesser, all seven of them in one body. He's the return of the prime evil. He is just real bad, and he's going to heaven to kill everything. You, Adriat, scarpers off, and you're like, um, okay, guess I'm going to heaven. Uh, you chase Diablo to the heavens. You get into some scrapes on the way. You get into a confrontation with with Anarius, not Anarius, sorry, Imperius. Uh, where Imperius is like, I'm going to kill you! And then, you know, he and all the other angels collapse because the Diablo is on top of the Crystal Arch trying to destroy it. Uh, so that leaves you and uh, Tyrael and your buddy, whoever you happen to have with you. You run up to the top. Tyrael's like, I'll, I'll hold the door because if I'm in the fight, then yeah, whatever, Tyrael. Thanks for helping. And you, you get up there and you fight Diablo and eventually you well, kill Diablo. There's also, there's also the surprise of uh, Iswal 
uh, being yes, up there, who well. who is supposed to be, you, which is one of the the things you are sent to kill uh, in Diablo two. By the way, when you go to Pandemonium and on your laundry list of things to do before you go and punch Diablo in in uh, Pandemonium, your face you're you're meant to go fight Iswal, uh, who is a fallen arc, a fallen archangel or fallen angel, fallen angel. Um, yes. And then he's back. Surprise. You have to yeah. kill him before you get to, to Diablo on the Black Soul Stone. So you run up there, you fight Diablo, you kill Diablo in Leah's body. Unfortunately, Leah's body seems to just be permanently Diablo's now because when you kill him, he just kind of turns back into the Black Soul Stone. Uh, and the angels grab it and they're like, we can't leave this thing in heaven, but we don't want anyone else to just have it. And Tyrael's like, all right. Uh, I will take it and put it somewhere where nobody will ever find it. He takes it down to the catacombs of the ancient uh, Nephilim city uh, underneath Westmarch itself, and it's found almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's literally just putting it away, and the missing archangel Malthiel, who is now calling himself the Angel of Death, formerly the Archangel of Wisdom, shows up, kills all the Haradrim but Tyrael. For some reason, he doesn't kill Tyrael and grabs the Black Soul Stone. Minus a small piece that gets left behind when he cuts it free of the, the bindings that they put it in. To talk about everything that happens in, in the expansion, Reaper of Souls, is going to be quite a, a bit, but I'm going to try and get through it. Let's, uh, let's, let's do it. Yeah, we got time. Let's, let's go through it. Your character, have, fresh off of the whole Diablo killing thing, you thought maybe you'd get a vacation, and you're on your way to you know check out places near Westmarch when one of the new Haradrim, a guy named Lorath Queen, or I can't remember Loras' last name, but he's he's somebody you're going to know again later. He shows up and is like, oh, excuse me, um, sorry to bother you, but everybody is going to be murdered by an angel. Could you please come to Westmarch and help us? And you're like, all right. You go to Westmarch. A lot of angels, so many angels, all of them twisted and freaky. You kill your way through a bunch of them. You get there. You're serial. Could you? What's going on here? And he's like, okay. Everything I just told you. You're like, alrighty then. You head forth to find and stop uh, Malthiel. First, you have to fight off all of Malthiel's uh, little lackeys in Westmarch who are just rampaging through the place. And you're like, why are they here? What are they doing? It turns out that they're looking for Adria. Because Adria is the only one who can find the Black Soulstone. They want her dead. So you now have to go to Adria, find her. Get her to show you where the Black Soulstone is, and Lorath keeps going. And remember, don't kill her till we understand what we know, what we're looking for. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm, sure. You get to Adria. Uh, she is not interested in telling you anything. She's much more interested in lecturing you about how you know she watched witches get killed as a child, and so she you know got real upset about it. And her dad was a dick. So yeah, uh, not really relevant to the situation, Adria. But thank you for the backstory. You kill Adria. You find that she was scrying on Pandemonium Fortress. Uh, on the way through this, by the way, you get a ton of lore dumps. <clears throat> There's so many lore dumps in, in this in this expansion pack. So you get to Pandemonium. You can't actually go there directly, so you have to actually go to Heaven first. Uh, you go to Heaven with Tyrael. Uh, Inarius, uh, again, I keep saying Inarius when I mean Imperius. Imperius is like, uh, you're not letting you through the gate to Pandemonium. Are you nuts? Some weird creepy, gross Nephilim? No, we're not letting you through. And then Malthiel's forces attack, trying to keep them from letting you through. In an example of why Malthiel was known as the Archangel of Wisdom, uh, after this is all fought off, Imperius is like, he attacked us? Us? All right. You want to go kill him so bad, Nephilim? He's my brother, so I won't kill him. But if you want to, fine. I'll let you through. I'll show you exactly where to go. Pandemonium. Lots of fighting stuff along the way. You finally get to the Pandemonium Fortress. You smash your way in through a, using a huge siege ram. Fight your way till you find somebody who's already dead but has been pulled to Pandemonium via the connection to the ancient, the Worldstone. Because the Worldstone used to be there, but it isn't there now, obviously, because it's gone. You, through that person, tap into the actual power of death that Malthiel has been using. It actually comes from this this strange absence of a world soul. You know, it's it's this is where you find out what the world stone is. <clears throat> it's also known as the eye of Anu. Yep. Anu was essentially, as Joe pointed out, a cosmic creator God, a being who was everything in one being. He was all good things, all bad things, all, all sweetness and light, all horror and darkness. Everything was Anu and Anu was everything. And as a result of that, of course, Anu was both lonely and bored. Like there was nothing to do because everything was just him, it, them. 
So Anu decided, what if I split myself? I'll, I'll take all this, the gross, yicky stuff. I'll rip it out and just throw it over there. And then what's left of me will be like all purity and pure light and pure goodness. So he did that, you know, ripped that stuff out, threw it over there. And of course, it all recombined into a separate being. Mm-hmm. That being was named Tathamet. Tathamet took the form of a seven-headed demon dragon thing because Tathamet was royally ticked at getting like, you know, why did I get the boot? Why, why, you know, what, what was wrong with me? I do all the stuff you need. I did. I, I was part of you. So now Tathamet and Anu are, are eternal enemies. <clears throat> so they go and fight each other. And in so fighting each other, they kill each other. They wipe each other out of existence. They blow each other up. Um, the lifeless corpse of Tathamet plummets through the ethereal nothingness until it comes to a rest. And where it comes to a rest is hell. That's the creation of hell. It's where Tathamet's corpse goes to rot forever. Which is why there and, are seven evils. Yeah, exactly. Each of the seven evils is one of Tathamet's head that like ripped free of the dead body and became its own being. While that was happening, the spine of Anu, who also knows the Diamond Warrior, is this giant crystalline thing drifting through the cosmos until it roots in the nothingness and creates heaven. And heaven is where the angels are born from the spine. The crystal arch that you, you got to in Diablo 3 when you were fighting Diablo, that's the spine of Anu. It's the, the crystalline arch. But one piece of the primordial Anu that remained was his eye. And that eye uh, became the world stone. The world stone is literally the eye of Anu. It is the eye of the creator God that made both Anu and Tathamet. And with its power, you could make worlds, but obviously up until sanctuary, those worlds didn't last. However, sanctuary did uh, possibly because it was an angel and a demon using it. And that would be the angel would have a direct line of descent from the crystal warrior. The demon would have a direct line of descent from Tathamet. And thus in a way it was the original Anu's power reunited. Uh, and thus, every Nephilim basically has both of their power. He has the connection to the angels and to the demons, and thus has the power of primordial Anu within them. And, and this is something that is explored, not necessarily in the games as of yet, uh, but was explored in the Sin Wars trilogy of books, mm-hmm. which is something mm-hmm. that I highly recommend you pick up and read if you're interested in Diablo lore, uh, because if, it fills you know, in a lot of it, gaps. In fact, uh, I'm going to say this now, even though Joe is the one who actually does these kind of things, but if y'all want to hear about the Sin War in detail, like if you want us to do a Sin War episode, let us know. Just say, you know, leave a comment in our Discord, uh, leave a comment on the podcast, contact myself or Joe, whatever you want to do here, man. But if you want to hear about the Sin War, we can do that. We can make that happen for you. Just, just let us know. But to get back to it, because we don't have a lot of time left and there's still a bit more here. You finally, after you've touched the power of death, you find out that the secret of the Nephilim is that they were descended from angels and demons, like yourself. And this is what Malthiel is so angry about. He's like, the eternal conflict isn't ended because you have all these demons left. He doesn't see us as angels or as part angel. He just sees the demon half. And that's why he didn't kill Tyriel. Tyriel isn't an angel anymore, but he's not a human. He doesn't have demon in him. He's just, he's an angel in a mortal body. So whilst he is a mortal, he is not a human. Whatever he is, is completely devoid of that other aspect. <clears throat> so he's not affected by the world stone because what, t- what Malthiel is doing with the world stone here is he took it, he altered it. He's using it to pull all the demon essence out of sanctuary. And when he's doing that, obviously a human being who's had a half of their soul ripped out is going to die. Like there's no, you can't survive having half of everything you are just pulled out. So people are dying. Because he's using the stone right then. As you are fighting your way to him, he's already started using the stone. Um, you get to him. You begin fighting him. But halfway through the fight, he realizes, I'm going to lose. This, this, this thing, this half-demon monstrosity is going to beat me. So he calls the world stone back. It's, at this point, the world stone's already killed between 50 and like 90% of all humans on Sanctuary. He's killed at least half the world. Well, I think um, the actual number was more than that too, right? Like I said, it, it, between 50 and 90%, 90% would be like literally one in 10 surviving. Mm-hmm. I think that's the number that got mentioned a couple of places, but I've not seen confirmation of it, but it, whatever, however amount it was, it was massive. It's like the black death in Europe. So many people are dead that they don't have people enough people to bury them. Um, <clears throat> but he pulls it back. He uses the power of the, of the black soul stone to basically he breaks it and infuses himself with the power of all seven of the evils in an attempt to stop you. Because now he's the power of, of Malthiel and the power of those seven. Not, I guess he didn't realize you already beat those seven, so it's not that much more at this point. He does that. You fight him. You beat him. 
you kill him. Uh, and as a result of that, both Tyrael and Imperius are watching as you as you beat Malthiel, and you're now like literally at the end of this thing. You're just suffused with power. You're like this blazing thing. But Imperial's like, okay, that was it's good that he stopped Malthiel, but he just there's nothing from heaven or hell that can stop him or her if you're playing her. And and what happens when the Nephilim realizes that they're mortal and they're going to die someday? Like, what happens? What, what what do they do? And can anything stop them? And that's the, the ending of Diablo 3. That's the last official story moment in the game, is Tyrael coming to that realization that whilst the Nephilim was on his side this time, they could be a threat. And and so that's the story leading up to Diablo 4. Um, the, the heavens have basically closed their doors. They've turned their backs on humanity. Uh, the, the prime evils were all... The, the greater and lesser evils were all locked up for a while. Then the soul stone was destroyed. When you kill Malthiel, apparently you freed them. And we don't know what they've been doing. Did they go back to hell? Uh, if they've been licking their wounds? Like, what's what's the deal with them? We don't know. We do know, however, two things. One, we know about Lilith because it's, she's been all over the art. You know full well Lilith is going to be in Diablo 4. Two, we know that in, that in, in Arius escaped hell. Same reason. We've seen trailers and so forth. If we get to it next week, uh, or whenever Joe thinks we have time for, this, the lore of Diablo 4 touches on exactly what happens next and and follows up on the stuff we've learned throughout these three games. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to be something that we are going to explore at some point in the near future. Uh, it will be obviously spoiler-heavy for anybody who's interested in playing Diablo 4 and hasn't gotten that far yet. Uh, but even with us, we've only gotten the uh, with the open beta coming to an end this weekend at the time of this recording, uh, you're only getting to see really the first area. So it reinforces a lot of this stuff and goes into a lot of very interesting directions from stuff that's been established. Uh, I said 99 at the beginning, but it was actually 1997. I remember partway through and felt really dumb for missing two years. Uh, you know, we're almost at 30 years of Diablo at this point. Um, we're really getting close to that. And there's stuff that has been established 30 years ago that is still getting drawn upon in Diablo four. And it's kind of interesting and refreshing to see, but I think that's going to do it for time. I do want to thank Matt for kind of going, uh, hog wild on explaining everything and giving me one heck of an easy recording day, uh, which was not expected, but I don't stand in front of the freight train when it's running. And I know better than to stop Matt when he's talking about Diablo. You're welcome. <laughs> But as, really good, guys. <laughs> but as a reminder, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to our podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast for the queue and an ads free site experience. Uh, again, we talked about books a little bit too. And with the Sin War trilogy, you can actually go ahead and if you go to uh, audible.com slash Blizzard Watch, uh, you can get a free audiobook download with a 30 day free trial. Uh, as an opportunity to use in the service. It does actually help us out if you do that. And it kind of gives us a little kickback and says, hey, people are listening to your podcast and they, they're coming here based off of what you tell us. This is great news. Uh, and you can actually listen to, the, I believe, the Sin War trilogy itself is one full book download. Um, I think it is at this point, if not the end, of, at least the first one you can grab for free and uh, get an idea of what we were talking about because it really is a great story in the Diablo universe. Uh, there hasn't been... There should be more, and I would absolutely love to see more novelization of what happens in Diablo, uh, but that is probably the de facto introduction to here's what the war in heaven caused, here's a Lilith, here's Anarius, uh, here's about what Nephilim are and why they are so scary, uh, and it is really well done. Now, if you have questions for our podcast and you want us to cover specific topics, uh, go ahead and send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, make sure you specify the show that it's for, or you can hit us up on one of our our Discord channels. We have one set aside for our Patreon supporters as a way of saying thank you. Uh, and if you can't support us on Patreon, you can just throw those questions into the Q&A podcast questions channel. Both that, folks, we'll see you next week. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.